Good morning and welcome to His People Church. I am Jenny Oberholzer and it's a privilege for me to be sharing the word with you this morning, following on from the ministry that my husband Jacques preached last week. And I am, we are His people and if you are wanting to see the slides, I'd encourage you to look at our website, His People PMB. Coza, and to go there to follow with what is happening in our world. And I'm going to be preaching this morning on building our lives one choice at a time. And I've got a schematic diagram here on the side of some bricks and a person with a building trowel placing another brick into the wall that they are building. And I felt that this this diagram was significant for what I am doing because when we're building our lives, it is one brick at a time. It's a, a substantial house does not go up overnight. It takes time and it is one brick at a time. And the scripture, Proverbs 14 verse 1 The wise woman builds her house, but with her own hands, the foolish one tears hers down. And my husband Jacques spoke about uh, the scripture, brought the scripture in last week when he was speaking about wisdom. And it just reminded me of things that I felt the Lord has been speaking to me over the last while. And so I wanted to continue in what he was sharing. And just before I go on, I'm wanting to just honor my husband, honor Jacques in his faith and the way that he has built and he continues to build and to walk in faith as he leads this great church, his people in Peter Maritzburg. And building by faith, building in faith is a constant thing that we need to be uh, constantly saying, I'm not giving up. I'm going to keep building and building by faith. There are two aspects to faith and building in faith. And the one aspect is the part where we see it and it's it's the speaking in faith and it's the it's the things that happen and and our building projects and our having our new building and and being able that We've paid it off in time and people being activated by faith and it's speaking and acting and doing and and things happening and God coming through miraculously. And it's exciting and it's the part of faith that we all see. But there's the other side to faith. There's the side that we need to overcome and it looks a lot like fear and doubt. It looks a lot like uncertainty and it's the inside part and it's the part that I see of of my husband that are we building right? Is it really, is this really what God has said? And you know, if there isn't fear, 
if there isn't uncertainty, then there wouldn't be much need for faith. And there wouldn't be the, the glory of continuing by faith, the building our lives one step at a time, one choice at a time to keep going, to keep speaking, to keep building. And I want to encourage you and say, I am, I am proud, I'm privileged to walk alongside my husband of faith who is building because he chooses. He chooses to keep going. He chooses to keep building. And so I want to honor him this morning as I speak about building our lives, each choice at a time. I also want to just honor our church. I want to honor the fact that we have been building for 15 years, and it takes time to build a great church, and it takes faith and a, a, a way of building that doesn't always look line up with what we believe God has spoken and what we see currently is maybe not the same thing right now, but it is building by faith. It is building our lives and choosing to believe what God has spoken and to say this is what he's doing. And so I want to honor you, the people who have built with us and who have stick with itness. That's my word that I've made up. And that have been here for long, that have built with us for long. And you know who you are. And there are those <clears throat> who physically and online, you show up with your hearts, especially in this season. And you come with a it's physically or online with support and encouragement, and you have ownership of this church. And I want to say thank you. Thank you for building with us. Thank you for choosing one choice at a time with, uh, to build with us. And, you know, building our lives one choice at a time, it is like going on a hike, and it's putting one foot in front of the other when you're hiking. When you're going up, you're climbing a mountain um, <clears throat> and you can feel like, golly, how am I going to get to the top? Well, the reality is we don't fly to the top of the Drakensberg. We walk one step at a time, one choice at a time. And recently, uh, the beginning of January, we were... Uh, we took a couple of days away to go camping at Drakensberg Gardens. Um, at, and we camped at just such a lovely campsite. And one of the big bonuses of the place was that there was no signal. There was no electricity. And so uh, come nightfall, um, that was it. It was torches or candles and bed. And... It was wonderful to be offline. And there were some amazing, there are some amazing walks that are so beautiful around that area, day walks. And so we went on one of the day walks to, 
uh, a wonderful, I can't remember the cave's name right now, um, but we went for this beautiful walk and it was walking through, uh, through flowers and they, we wove across a, uh, a stream a number of times and it was just stunning and just so good for the soul. But as we were walking back, one of the things that we had to do was to cross the stream a number of times. And that meant stepping over on various rocks. The stream was flowing fairly substantially. Um, and I had my new water shoes that my folks had given me for, for Christmas. And I was fairly confident because we'd done this crossing the stream quite a few times, quite a number of times. And it was one of our last crossings of the stream. And as I put my foot on one of the rocks, just suddenly I wasn't looking. I was like, I've done this quite often. As I put my foot on the rock, it was slightly loose and it turned. And... Uh, I ended up in the stream with a very undignified uh, swim. And fortunately, only Jacques was there to see me. Um, and he helped me up and uh, I was quite wet. And the rain was coming. And so that was partly probably part of the problem was that I wasn't as careful as I would have been. And I fell. And I just... With that, uh, with, uh, with this, um, this title of building our lives one choice at a time, one step at a time, I was just remembering that and how we need to be careful how we step. We need to be considering what choices are we making in our lives. And as I was meditating and preparing through this week, I was so encouraged uh, by Zinzi. And, and she was, Zinzi is our, his people praise and worship leader. And she was leading prayer this week. And she posted the sense that she felt that God was asking us to pray into this week. And I want to just I put it up on the screen here, but I'm going to read it for you. It may be a bit small on, on, on the screen there. But it, it is this, that the COVID era has us all pressed in different ways. And because of this, we may be responding to the distortions that the enemy is presenting to us out of frustration or desperation. And sin... And so Zinzi went on to say, sin can so easily entangle and is not always easy to spot. So this evening in prayer, we will be taking time to ask the Lord to purify our hearts, our thoughts and our actions so that life can flow once more where the dust had begun to settle. And to open our eyes to see where we are operating in the realm of blurry lines. And she invited us to read Psalm 51 verse 7 to 11 in the Passion Translation. 
And I just loved what Zinzi was sharing in terms of this aspect of us opening our eyes to see where we may be operating in the realm of blurry lines, where things are not as clear for us as maybe we felt that we were walking when we weren't feeling hard-pressed in this COVID era. And, and for us to be considering uh, the aspects that could be affecting the choices that we are making at this time and where the enemy may be bringing distortions or perversions as, as Zinzi spoke. And perversions are where things are not as they actually should be and where they are not that clear. And for us to be examining the choices that we are making and to walk in wisdom as Jacques spoke. And, and so the significance of this is that one step maybe doesn't make such a difference, but one step can be off. And then it means that the next step we take is slightly off the path that God has got for us and slightly off the path and slightly off the path. And so the word of God speaks to us in 2 Corinthians 13 and uh, verse 5 and 6. And I'm, I'm, I've got it for you here in the Message Bible. And it says to us, and it's an exhortation, it says, Test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Don't drift along taking everything for granted. Give yourselves regular checkups. You need first-hand evidence, not mere hearsay, that Jesus Christ is in you. Test it out. If you fail the test, do something about it. And Paul is admonishing the Corinthians here that they test themselves to make sure that they are solid in the faith. His people, I want to exhort you, test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. Test your choices. Look at what you're doing. Don't walk along taking everything for granted like I was doing in this, uh, on our hike where I took for granted that the rocks would be solid, that, that things would be fine and that I wouldn't fall. We need first-hand evidence of our lives, recognizing that Jesus Christ is who people are seeing in us, that he is in us. And it's not enough just to call yourself a Christian. Are you looking like a Christian? Are you behaving like a Christian? Is Jesus Christ your Lord? And are you willing to obey him? even in the places where things may be fearful, where you may be saying, I don't feel like doing that. But Jesus is saying, do that. Do something about it. Maybe Jesus is saying, come to live church. It is safe to come to church. Even though you have been, it's more comfortable to be at home. It is it's okay to go to the shops. It's okay to go to work. But it's Sunday morning. 
Lord, it's more comfortable. I can be online. But the Lord may be saying to you, go to Live Church. That there's someone at Live Church who needs the encouragement that you have got that you can only bring when you are there in person. And so I want to invite you, test yourselves to make sure you are solid in the faith. And I want to look at some things that have been challenging me and some of them are, are taken also from the material that Andy Stanley has, has brought and, and that we, Jacques and I, have been looking at and questions that we need to ask ourselves in the choices that we are making. So this first one is looking at our goals and how do we operate with our goals. And this is something that has been so helpful to me in this year. And, uh, and looking at goals, uh, you know, at the beginning of the year, we do, we, we've had our prayer and fast and it's a new year and we need to, uh, or it's valuable to look at our goals and, and how are we, uh, how do we see what we're wanting to accomplish in this year. And I read a blog that my daughter, Anne-Marie, actually shared with me. And in this blog, she was speaking about goals and, in, and inspiring us or inviting us to look at goals in a new way. And the, the thing that she said to us is look at not so much what you want to do in this year, but look more at who you want to be by the end of the period that you are considering. Look at who you want to be, not what do you want to do. And she said, do you want to be a runner by the end of the year? Do you want to be a mom that gathers your family around the table? Do you want to be, and I, one of the things that I said is, I want to be someone who is more passionately in love with the Lord and more solid in my, my Bible, uh, Bible reading and Bible knowledge by the end of the year. And so, if I want to be that, then what do I need to, what do I need to do? What one thing do I need to do to enable me to be more like that? And, and so she gave a number of, of tips of identify just one thing for one month and aim for who you want to be more like at the end of that month and identify one thing. And so I have found that so helpful as I've been walking in this year and that has been helping me with my choices. And so the one, one the, the, the thing that I said was my, prior, my first priority is that my walk with God be closer, that I be, be 
a more passionate lover of Jesus at the end of my first month. And so I said, what one thing do I need to do to be that more? And, and so I decided <clears throat> that the one thing I'm going to do is that I'm not going to switch my phone on until I have read my physical word Bible. Until I have read my paper Bible. Because I found that so often I got distracted by reading my Bible on my phone. I got distracted by messages and then suddenly I'm messaging and whatever. And I have found just by making this choice that I have been able to read my Bible and to make it my first thing that I do in the morning much easier. But it's been my choices have, uh, have been adjusted simply by changing my perspective and saying that I'm want who am I wanting to be at the end of the month more like the, rather than what I'm doing. And I'm showing you this Bible <clears throat> right now. And this Bible is the Bible that I was given by my parents when I was 13 and I was being confirmed at our Anglican school. And I was a believer. I loved Jesus. And I chose to go and to be confirmed, not because I needed to be confirmed to con to confirm that I was a believer, but because I felt that it would be a choice that would help me to grow in my Christian walk as a 13-year-old. And I still have this Bible. My parents gave it to me. I love it. And I look in this Bible at all the notes that I've made, all the scriptures that I underlined as a 13-year-old, 14-year-old, 15-year-old. And I don't say it with pride, but I say it in humility and say, I honor my Lord and my God for keeping me and helping me to walk one step at a time, one choice at a time from when I was nine and made the choice to follow Jesus to where I am today, uh, many years later, um, and still walking with him, still passionate for him, still saying that my number one priority is to be more in love with Jesus, to be more filled with his word and with his spirit as I'm walking. And in humility, I want to join Paul and say, follow me as I follow Christ. Make your decisions, make your choices count each step of the way. And this Bible is a testimony for me of my walking and his grace in enabling me to do that. So another thing that we need to do or we can do in building our lives one choice at a time is to keep our deceitful hearts in check. Eyeball. We have deceitful hearts, despite the fact that I have been walking with God 
for uh, 40 something years, 43 years, 42 years, uh, despite the fact that I've been walking with the Lord passionately and following him, I have a deceitful heart. And Jeremiah 17, verse 9 and 10 says it for us, with no hold bars, no holds barred. And, and Jeremiah says here, he says, the heart is hopelessly dark and deceitful, a puzzle that no one can figure out. But I, God, search the heart and examine the mind. I get to the heart of the human. That's God. I get to the root of things. I treat them as they really are, not as they pretend to be. And in this aspect of our deceitful hearts, the first thing in keeping our deceitful hearts in check is to admit that our hearts are deceitful. That's quite a hard thing to do. We as humans, as Jeremiah says in Jeremiah 17, is we like to pretend that our hearts are not deceitful. And we so often don't acknowledge that our motivations are not as godly as we like to think that we are. And so first of all, let us admit that our hearts are deceitful. And as we do that, it keeps our hearts humble. It brings us to the Lord and it, and it says, Lord, help me. Help me to walk in integrity of heart. I need you, Jesus. A second way to keep our deceitful hearts in check is to ask the question, am I being honest with myself? Really? And what do we do? We can look ourselves in the mirror and say, Jenny, are you being honest with yourself? Really? Are you really uh, exercising as much as you should be? Are you really being truthful in that situation, absolutely 100% truthful in that situation to yourself, to God, to your husband, to the people that are around you, whatever it, the situation may be. But am I being honest with myself really? And, and in our choices, am I really being honest that my motivations, my heart desires are what I am telling myself they are. A third question or a third thing that we can do and we need to do to push back the deception in our heart and the deceitfulness in our heart is get curious. Get curious. And ask yourself, why am I feeling what I'm feeling? Why am I motivated to do this thing? Why am I feeling so urged to say that and, and to make that person think that I'm actually nicer than 
I am or that I have had better intentions than I actually know that I am? Is it because serving people or having them like me and think that I'm better than I am is actually more important to me than truth, more important to me than what God sees and thinks about me and knows is what I need? Why am I feeling so hard done by before the Lord? Why am I feeling angry with him when he allows this test to come on me? Because I, I am lying to myself that I don't need more patience. That I am actually the most patient person around. But God knows how impatient I actually am, how much I'm muttering and complaining about something or some situation. And he allows the test because he says, I need you to be more patient so that you can minister more strongly to the people around you. Andy Stanley puts it this way. Some of the things he says, and again, I'm going to read it because it may be a bit small. Be curious. When we push through our discomfort and get curious with ourselves about why we're feeling what we're feeling, why we are determined to do what we are hell-bent on doing, then we get to the truth about ourselves. Curiosity will keep you focused on the frontiers of your ignorance about yourself and about your world. That's when we learn. That's where we gain insight. That is where we catch sight of our prejudice and our narrow-mindedness. When it's uncomfortable, and it will get uncomfortable. When it gets uncomfortable, and you are tempted to turn away, to turn back to what you've always known. Know this, that that is fear talking. It's fear and insecurity talking. And they will not teach us much. You'll learn little from either fear or insecurity. So turn back around and stay curious. Keep asking yourself the questions of why am I doing what I'm doing? And then we will learn and grow and we will become less deceitful. Proverbs 14, verse 16 and 17, a little bit further down from the scripture that I started with about a wise woman building her house. And, and I just want to say this is not relevant only to women, but men, God says you need to build your house, build your life as well. And so Proverbs 14 says, a wise person is careful in all things and turns quickly from evil, while the impetuous fool moves ahead with overconfidence. An impulsive person has a short fuse and can ruin everything, but the wise show self-control. We need to examine our choices. We need to say, be careful. 
turn quickly from evil. Turn from that deceitfulness when, when it's highlighted to you. Don't be overconfident, especially in this time where there's uncertainty, where you can't see whether the rock is uh, a little bit loose or not, like I couldn't in the stream. And then you step with overconfidence and you can turn over and shipwreck your faith, your Christianity, the, your witness or your testimony. And God does not want that and we don't either. Another thing that we can ask ourselves, another question, is what story do I want to tell? When you're looking back at this COVID era, this COVID time, what story do you want to tell about this? One of the things that our children are, have asked us is, I wonder whether our children are going to learn about COVID-19 in history. And we've said, for sure. And so, as an adult, children, as an adult, young people, students, as a married person who is still to have children, what story do you want to tell about how you behaved, what choices you made in this COVID time? What story do we want to tell? When you look in the rearview mirror, what story are you going to tell? Are there going to be parts about fear and not stepping out, about allowing uh, the outside, the, the, the popular opinion to be what is dictated to you about how much you can accomplish in your life in this time? What story do you want to tell that you don't feel that you need to leave out bits and pieces because you're ashamed of them or there's regret that's hanging on? Let's not do that. Let's make choices that can enable us to tell the story the way that God has planned for us to tell the story at this time. Another question that can help us in our choices that we're walking in at this time is sometimes we're wanting to make a choice or we're starting to do something and there's a niggle in our hearts. There's just like, mm, there's not something, there's something that's not quite right about this. There's something that bothers me and it's too easy for us just to brush it over and to just to continue because we've already started. Or just to be, as Jacques said, there's nothing really wrong about this. But is it the wise thing to do? That niggle, don't ignore it. Respond to it. Uh, psychologists and people call it and say, it's like a red flag. And the Lord has given us our conscience. Holy Spirit speaks to us in the still, quiet voice. And this is where he's speaking. And the word says the, that the Lord, the Lord speaks to us. And he says that we will hear a voice behind us 
saying, this is the way, walk in it. And he encourages us, trust that. Respond to the red flags and don't do that. Don't make that choice then. Choose to walk another road. Choose to make a step just slightly in another direction where there is peace and there isn't a red flag. There isn't your conscience going, eh, you shouldn't really be doing that. Because the little things, it's the little foxes that spoil the vine. It's the little things that no one can really see. It's the white lies. It's that click on that porn picture that no one will really see. But it's much easier to click on that picture next time. It's much easier to, to embroider the lie next time. And it takes us down a path that trips us up and leads to destruction. What is the last question that I'm going to highlight? It is, what would love have me do? And that is the commandment, the greatest commandments that Jesus gave us in Matthew. And he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you are a Christian, if you are a believer, that is his injunction to you. If you are saying you're a Christian and you're not really loving the Lord like that, then examine your heart. Test your heart and say, God, please forgive me, help me to walk my steps, to make my choices such that I love you. That I can say that and that other people who look at me can say that too. And what would love have me do in response to and in relating to those that are around me? How am I choosing the things that I do? Is it out of love? And where other questions fail, whoo, this last question, it covers it all. It covers where there isn't a scripture. It covers all the spaces. What would love have me do? And coming back to our prayer meeting, firstly, I want to invite you. What motivates you to choose not to join our prayer meeting on a Thursday evening at 5.30 to 6.30. I want to challenge you. Our prayer meetings are spaces and places, uh, is our spaces where we are inspired, where God speaks to us. Our prayer meetings are the boiler room of this church. And it's the place where we are building. And we need more people in our prayer meetings building our churches. I want to challenge you. What things are causing you to choose not to join our prayer meetings? Every Christian should be praying. Not just those that are called to intercede. And, and so I want to invite you. We are making as many platforms available that you can participate in our prayer meetings as possible. In our live space, we are social distancing. We are seeking to be as safe as possible. 
but we are doing having prayer meeting on Zoom as well and in our WhatsApp space. And for some people, they just can't, and we understand. But then keep praying. Pray in your private time. Pray for us as a church. Pray for us as leaders. Pray for your city. Pray for your family. Prayer is so vital. But in our prayer time, in our prayer meeting, we this week, there was the question flowing from what Zinzi's sense was, Zinzi brought, was walking in a new normal. And what does walking in a new normal in this COVID time look like for us? And we felt like the Holy Spirit was saying no to some choices that we may be making, that we are saying this is our new normal. And it's one of the languages that, that people are speaking a lot, that we're not going back to the normal of before. But I want to encourage you, test your heart that some of these choices are not becoming your new normal. What are some of them? I want to say to you, do not allow fear to become the normal in your life replacing faith. God says it's time. It is a time to exercise faith and not allow fear to be the motivation for the choices that you are making. Do not allow disillusionment and hopelessness to become your new normal. Can I invite you not to allow comfort to become your new normal rather than being willing to step out and, and do or choose what costs you something? When something costs you, it is valuable. Don't choose comfort to be your new normal. And this is a huge temptation in this time because it is more comfortable to to not step out and to to pay to do what costs us something. Let it not be our new normal to play it safe rather than take a step, rather than risk by engaging someone, by speaking to someone, by calling them, by messaging someone. It's safer to stay in our own spaces rather than stepping out. And I want to say, don't allow playing it safe to become your new normal. Clumelo felt our administrator, one of the things she felt during prayer was the sense that, uh, that the, the enemy may be bringing a replacement for the fruit of the Spirit, allowing impatience to replace patience, impatience to replace patience to be patient with what the process that God is walking and working in this time, for allowing depression to replace joy. Anne, at the beginning of the year, had a word from the Lord saying that this year that God is wanting to release joy and that joy be the weapon that he bring uh, to to overcome the enemy and to bring what God has got for us. Do not allow depression to become your new normal. It is a choice. There is a vortex. There is a whirlpool 
if you will, with so many of our emotions. And we have a choice whether to step closer to that vortex, closer to that whirlpool, or away from it in our choices. And if we allow our choices to be that we step closer and closer to the whirlpool, there comes a point where we step into the whirlpool and the momentum of the whirlpool of negative emotions, negative feelings pull us down and down and down and it becomes more and more difficult to get out of that depression, to get out of that fear, to get out of that disillusionment and hopelessness. And the Lord invites us, step away, step away, each little step away from that vortex, that whirlpool, will take you onto safer ground, will take you away to be walking on solid ground where you can find life, you can find hope, and it's, there's momentum building upwards and not downwards into the vortex. And so choose uh, to be stepping that way. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, such a faithful and familiar scripture that we know. And in the Passion Translation, it says, Trust in the Lord completely and do not rely on your own opinions. With all your heart, rely on Him to guide you and He will lead you in every decision you make. Become intimate with Him in whatever you do and He will lead you wherever you you go. Those are the kind of steps that the Lord is calling us to walk with him, the kind of choices. And I want to just finish with these words uh, from an old song that we used to sing, uh, golly, I think maybe even when we were at Vasti many years ago. And the song goes, I walk by faith each step by faith, to live by faith. I put my trust in you. I walk by faith, each step by faith. To live by faith, I put my trust in you. And I want to invite you to sing that, to speak that, as we build our lives one choice at a time. God bless you.